1: It's the voice every mom, dad, and tiny Frozen fan knows. Let the storm Broadway superstar Adina Menzel, belting one of the biggest hits in Disney movie history.
2: Nicole never bothered me anyway.
1: Whether she's on the big screen,
2: Baby, let's have fun.
1: or on the Great White Way,
2: I think I'll try to
0: find grass.
1: Menzel has defied expectations for decades. Now, we explore her remarkable career, that time John Travolta mangled her name at the Oscars, and raise the curtain on what's next. Let it go, let it go. We have two things in common. Do I get a hint?
0: I find cooking really hard. I find it really
1: stressful. Do you feel your life is in danger?
0: And the love of my mother is what brought me here.
1: What was the worst investment? Oh, there's a long list of really bad ones. Adina Menzel, welcome. I am delighted to get the chance to talk with you.
2: Thank you so much. I'm honored to be on your show, I have to say. I, the, it's really exciting for me.
1: Oh, well, thank you. We could end the interview right there. <laughs> um, yeah. You have a nickname, the Broadway Belter, and whether it is on Broadway in Wicked, or movies in Frozen, or TV in Glee, you have this amazing ability to belt out showstoppers. Does that come <laughs> naturally to you?
2: Uh, I work hard, I, I probably there's it's been natural, but I, I study, I've had the same voice coach for 25 years, ever since college. Um, I warm up and vocalize a lot, so I kind of see myself a little bit as um, an athlete who needs to always stretch and do her physical therapy in order to stay at my, at my highest level. But yeah, I, I've always had a big mouth.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to pick up on the athlete comparison because I, I understand that musical performers often have microphones, but what does it take physically to fill a Broadway theater with your voice as you are able to do, to hit the rafters?
2: Well, it's interesting because back in the day, um, they didn't have amplification. So... I think that's where the idea of a Broadway singer, um, that volume, that projection came from because they did have to hit the back row. Now, as more um, as technology developed, we do have little mics. We have a mic that sort of sits right here in our head or sometimes it's here. And so that's tricky, actually. I found that to be um Uh, uh, tricky for me because sometimes um, songs are written in a range that you could be in the studio with a mic really close and not have to project and get that really nice um, intimate character in your voice and that texture. But then Broadway people also want you to hit the back row. So um, there's different styles of singing. And I try to encapsulate all of that um, and still keep um, an intimacy about my approach to singing.
1: I want to spend some time on what I think most people would agree is your biggest hit, and that is as the voice of Elsa in Frozen, and here you are singing Let It Go. (laughs) And Dina, when you recorded that song, did you have any inkling how huge it would be?
2: No. I knew it was really, um, it was an accomplishment, a great get to be a Disney princess, you know, to be welcomed into the Disney family and be in a musical. I knew that that was pretty epic, but I had no idea it would become the phenomenon that it did. But so I came in once and I sang it and then I came back another time because we they had written another part to it and they had um changed some of the lyrics, and I realized that I felt like my voice sounded too mature in order to um really embody this young woman that you see in the in the movie. And so I asked them to take it up. I don't know why I did that, because then when I'm in concert all over the world, I and I'm <laughs> have a cold and I just wanna kill myself. But um but I I asked them, "Let's take it up a half step and see, because then that sounds a little bit more innocent in my voice, a little younger, I think." And so, as I was watching it just now, I was thinking, "Geez, what was I, what was I thinking there?" But I'm glad because she sounds a little younger and a l- little bit more um, vulnerable, and um, you know, not like I'm smoking twenty cigarettes before no, I get up. No, no,
1: Elsa was not smoking. <laughs> not a that pack.
2: I smoke, but so, so, so <laughs> exactly. you
1: sing the song at the Oscars and it wins. And of course, what many people remember about that night is that John Travolta introduces you as Adele Dazeem. Please welcome the wickedly talented one and only Adele Dazeem. And and here's the question I have. What was your immediate reaction when you heard that? And when did you realize what a huge gift he had given you?
2: Okay, so I had done a lot of preparation because I was super nervous about that night. And I knew that it was going to be Meryl Streep and Brad Pitt sitting in the front row. I had done a bunch of meditation about you know, visualizing, manifesting that that night would go well for me. And I'd also told myself I was just going to sing to my son. And just make it about singing to my son, Walker, and nothing else. And so I had all this preparation going on. And they get me out there, and they set me, and the spotlight comes on. And he says that. And I have about eight seconds to get my... Together. S together. (laughs) And um, what goes through my head all in those eight seconds is, did he just screw up my name oh my God, why is this happening to me? This was my dream come true to be at the Oscars. Get over yourself. Stop having a pity party. Oh my God, Brad Pitt is there and sing. You know, it was all, <laughs> it was all in eight seconds. So, and then it was just like, sing to Walker, sing to Walker, to get, you know, be serious. So, um, and then, yes, I came off stage and, um, and then I realized that, what a great gift it would be because I had all these followers in sort of the Broadway world and people that were saying, how could he screw up her name? But then there were all these people that didn't know me um, from other demographics and walks of life that maybe hadn't been to the theater and don't know that side who said, who is this girl they're talking about? So then I, you know, it actually um, widened my audience and ended up being a great thing. And um, now it's fun to just laugh about. and have you ever s- messed up somebody's name that badly? <laughs> yeah,
1: but not at the Oscars and and maybe not quite that badly. <laughs> all right, here's here's where this interview is about to get a little weird. I want I, I want to spend some time talking about let it go because I don't get it. and and, and here, here's my, you're looking at me like, oh my gosh, I didn't get it when I saw the movie. I didn't get it when every one of my uh-huh. grandchildren, We're uh, were singing the darn song. I mean, it's a great song, but it's supposed to be about women or a girl's empowerment. But in fact, it's about a girl who is so messed up with her curse that she decides to give into it. And, you know, as the line goes, let the the storm rage on. And in fact, I even preparing for this interview, I even read an interview (laughs) with the songwriters who said when they wrote that song, they didn't know whether you, Elsa, was a villain or a hero.
2: So, well, so what,
1: all right, I'm, I'm, they, I'm going deep here.
2: That's a lot of things and some things that I've thought about before. Okay, so... Why do you think it's not a song of empowerment? Let the storm rage on. She's She's been holding these um, all of her power. She has to hold it back. She has to wear these gloves because if she really allows herself to be herself and to unleash this power, she might hurt people in her life. She's already hurt her sister. So she's been holding on to it and keeping it and concealing it and keeping it inside. And so it to me, it's about, you know, especially as women, um, letting... Our embracing that thing that makes us so powerful, that makes perhaps even ferocious, um, that, that makes us extraordinary in the world, and not being afraid to um, share that and, and be ourselves. Adina, so that's, I, that's I promise to
1: let it go, go after this. But she that's, locks herself yeah. in an ice castle. Why is that a good thing?
2: I love that you're telling me the plot in this interview. Okay, so, yes, yeah, she, she locks herself in her ice palace because she feels like an outsider. She's, she's, uh, she's been ostracized. No one loves her. She's alone, so she locks herself in this ice castle. Um, you're right. I'm, 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 I'm faltering here.
1: All right, let's move on. There is now a documentary <laughs> okay. out on Disney Plus called Adina Menzel, Which Way to the Stage? And it shows you growing up in Long Island. And yes, it shows you as a kid belting out songs. Here you are.
2: Tomorrow, tomorrow, I love you. Tomorrow, you're only a day
0: away.
1: You wanted to be a child star. <laughs> and as we can see, you wanted to play Annie on Broadway. And your parents said no. Why? Why?
2: That was sort of my mom's she just wanted me to be a kid and um she also didn't want to be a stage mom (laughs) she didn't want to be schlepping me around but um i'm really glad and no offense to anyone that's had different experiences but i am glad that i had that um that she made that choice for me although i i fought it tooth and nail um for a long time and i thought i was going to miss out on all of my opportunities but um being in the school plays and Working with different teachers, and then studying in college, and then getting out there, I feel like I was a more well-rounded human being. But
1: but you're skipping. More
2: prepared for this industry. You're skipping one important
1: part, which is at the age of 15, you were on the local bar mitzvah circuit, uh, and as I understand it, driving illegally on your junior license. What did you learn from that experience, singing, and why didn't you get arrested?
2: So I dressed up, I grabbed one of my mom's um, sophisticated dresses and I went to this audition and I remember I sang um, Evergreen, uh, Flashdance, some other song. And, um, and I went and I lied. I said I was 18 because I thought that would be more professional. And I got the job and so then I started Going to all of these temples and catering halls all over the tri state area, as we like to say on the East Coast. And um, I really got my education, I feel like, in that world because I'd listen to Aretha and Motown, and then I'd listen to Madonna and Whitney Houston and emulate all of these um, different artists which was, I always say, emulating is great, not imitating, but to emulate is is really a great way to to learn and to find your own identity as a singer. So that... Um, Thinking back, that was a wonderful education for me and something I carry to this day, my spontaneity on stage, singing with a band, having to just roll with it, having old people come up and yell at you that you're too old, having people eating their, their salad and not listening to you at all while you're singing built a thick skin for me. But yes, I was... I was driving my little red Nissan Sentra hatch with the microphone stand in the back and my cheat sheet lyrics and my and my little co- black cocktail dress and I drive around and I had my junior license and I never got caught. I don't know. I was just lucky. I've gotten a lot of tickets in my life too, so I don't in know. In
1: 1996, it all paid off because in 96 you finally make it to Broadway in the original cast of the classic musical Rent. Take a look. Mm-hmm. But instead of becoming a star, and you've said this yourself, you fade into obscurity for basically the next seven years. How come?
2: (laughs) Um, Well, okay, so it was my dream, when I started doing all of those uh, weddings and bar mitzvahs, my dream really was to get a recording deal and make an album at that point. And so it was less about um, Broadway and more about doing my own music, being a rock star. And um, so Rent was this wonderful opportunity. My first professional gig was this, this phenomenon. Then I got a record deal. Um, from that, uh, from the opportunities that um, and the accolades we got from Rent. And then um, I worked on that for about a year and a half, and I wrote all this music, and I went in the recording studio, and then I got out there, and then the, the album just didn't take off. It did The song didn't get on the radio. I didn't get a lot of promotion. I'd show up at these different venues, and there'd be like three people there. So then I got dropped from the record label, and then by then my momentum was gone with the Rent thing, and I kind of just had to start all over
0: get Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Whether it's routine maintenance and emergency repair or a dream project, Angie lets you compare quotes from multiple local pros, browse homeowner reviews, and even book a service instantly. Angie's been connecting people with skilled pros for nearly 30 years. So the next time you have a home project, bring it to Angie to get your job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.
1: I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, CNN's chief medical correspondent. This week on Chasing Life.
0: I'm a health reporter and have been for 15 years. And even I feel overwhelmed by some of the things I read about this stuff we're eating.
1: My colleague Meg Terrell wanted to take a deep dive into something you've probably heard a lot about recently. Ultra processed foods. There is a lot to learn there. Some fascinating stuff. And some of it is probably going to change the way you shop. Listen to Chasing Life wherever you get your podcasts. Finally, you get your big break in the the musical Wicked uh, playing one of the lead characters, Elphaba. And here is Uh your showstopper from that show.
0: To try to find gravity, I think I'll try
2: to find gravity, and you can't phone me
0: down.
1: And you win the Tony for Best Actress in a Musical. So, is that where the takeoff started?
2: Yeah, the the relaunch. (laughs) Um, I was just looking at that and it makes me, it fills me with a lot of emotion. I I feel like I remember what I was experiencing at that time and how I was insecure about a lot of things. And so the, the casting of that role and getting to live inside of that character and what I needed to learn as a human being at that time were kind of synonymous. And um, I was just really trying to, um, similar to the Elsa stuff, was just like, Step into my own power and really believe in myself, and um, and own the space that I was in. Um, I was always worried I was going to get fired, and all of those workshops leading up to Wicked, uh, to the to the Broadway run of Wicked. Each one of those steps, I was always wondering, "Am I just going to get fired?" So I was watching that, and there's such a sense of pride that I that it that it that I you know, did win that award and that she did change my life, that character, and that she means so much to people. And, um, did I answer your question? Yeah.
1: Yeah, you (laughs) you did. So the next (laughs) time I remember seeing you was on the TV show Glee, where you play the biological mother of Leah Michelle, Uh, and -hmm. not surprisingly, the two of you sing this duet.
0: I had dream!
1: You sound great, but I have to ask you, is it true that you weren't thrilled about playing the mom when there was really only a 15-year <laughs> age difference between you and Leah?
2: Um, yeah, is there 15 years? I mean, she she was playing so young, but I think I was a little hormonal, Chris. I had just had my son, and I was feeling really um, emotional and large, and... <laughs> I was—yeah, so when they called me to play the mom, I was just—that was just, you know, the cherry on the top there. And I remember <laughs> being in the trailer um, breastfeeding. Is that okay to talk about on
1: your show? Yes, we were on HBO Max. And, um, it's fine. Um,
2: and there there are all these cool, young, new, hot stars, you know, Leah and the whole cast— And I'm stuck in the trailer trying to freeze my breast milk and they're knocking on the door. Miss Menzel, come to the set, you know. And I just never, I I just, I just did not feel good at that time in my life. What's funny about... That song, I Dreamed a Dream, just to bring everything full circle in this interview, is that used to be the song that when we were doing weddings, they'd say, ladies and gentlemen, please take your seats, enjoy your main course. And then my band leader would say, Adina, stay on stage with the piano player, and we would do I Dreamed a Dream. (laughs) And that was one of the only times where the audience actually listened because it was quiet and they they were eating their... Their uh, fish or their prime rib. So you
1: killed on the Long Island <laughs> wedding circuit with that song.
2: I killed it. I mean, a Jewish girl singing the Broadway song. I, I mean, come on.
1: So speaking of motherhood, in the documentary that's now playing on Disney Plus, you share a very personal story, which is the fact that you, you, as you point out, you'd had a child, a son, uh, with your first husband. Now you're married for the second time, and you wanted to have a a child with him, and you went through a long period of IVF. And I guess the question I have is, why'd you decide you wanted to share that?
2: Yeah, Um, I I didn't set out to do that. I set out to just film A dream coming true. And I happened to have been going through the IVF cycles at that time. And I would have normally maybe rescheduled something of that nature so I could focus and be more myopic. And but... um, but as a lot of women know, when you get it to be that age in your forties, um, you don't have the time. And if if the doctor says their cycle looks really good, and you're you're here, I go again, breastfeeding and follicles. I mean, really, is this what we want to talk? But the. Um, But, you know, the count of the follicles and the eggs is certain from month to month. It can change. So if you have a good one, then the the odds are maybe you're going to maybe it'll be a positive outcome. And so then they say that month, I say, okay, well, I can't miss it. So then I run home to trick or treat with my son and then I fly back to New York to go to the doctor and then I head over to Ohio to do a show. And before you know it, that's what the documentary became about was more about a woman trying to you know, balance all of these things and these priorities in her life and to still, you know, fulfill my passion of singing and being the performer that I want to be while being a good mom and and trying to have this baby with my husband.
1: Well, I don't love the end of the story, but it's really quite touching. It doesn't work, but you say that your husband, Mm -hmm. it only increased his love for you that you went through all this to try to give him a a child.
2: Yeah, I think that... By that time, after two years, you're just, you've gone through such an emotional roller coaster. You know, um, you think sometimes you think it's working and then it ends up not happening. And, you know, both of us were just, we went through a lot of highs and lows and a lot of disappointments. So um, I think we were both ready at that time to say it. it's probably just not meant to be. But yeah, I think that the idea that I would put my body through that um, because I wanted to share this with him. And mostly it really started because we had said we weren't going to have kids. I already had this gorgeous little boy, you know, but I started to see this relationship he was having with my son. They have this really incredible bond that happened organically. I didn't force it or anything till this day. They're extremely close. And so I think he started to feel like, oh, I could be a really good dad. And I also just wanted to partner with him on that journey. And so, so we tried.
1: I want to swing back here at the end to Broadway. What are fanzels?
2: <laughs> I think they're they're fans. They're Adina fans. And they are these incredible people that used to be young, but I think they used to stage door at the Nederlander Theater during Rent. And now we've all kind of grown up together. And now perhaps they've had kids that they've brought to Wicked or to Frozen. And Maybe those little girls and boys in blue dresses are fanzels now too and that's great because I get on I go to do a show on tour um all over the world and I can look out in the audience and see a sea of blue dresses and then I can see a bunch of parents and then I can see like my older gay community fans. So I have this huge demographic and the hardest thing about that is reconciling the age group, making sure I don't curse too much, but I still remain my myself because I'm a 50-year-old woman. I'm not a 12-year-old girl. So how do I stay authentic, but also not offend a mom who brings her little girl, you know, to the, to the show? So that's the job. That's the the uh, complexity of what I do when I'm on stage. But I've, I've been doing a good job of that. I, I find a way to do it. And if I'm going off on a tangent, I just tell them to put the the earmuffs on.
1: You have been called the queen of Broadway, but I checked it. You have not played on a Broadway musical stage in seven years. Do you have any plans mm-hmm. to return?
2: Uh, yes. it's It's my... It's what I love the most. I mean, people have asked me, what do you love, you know, film, TV, stage, and I love it all. I love that I can have the balance and I can leave one when it, when it gets tiring and, and sort of, you know, exercise a different muscle. But when you ask me that, there's nothing like um, putting a play on, you know, with a cast of people that I love so much. I love the community. Of it. I love the different audience every night. I love the spontaneity of that. I love the grind of it. I love going to my dressing room, which is like my office, every night. I love it. I miss it so much. I've just, you know, I came out to LA for other reasons, some work reasons, and I, I want to get back when it's the right time. And I am working on a few new projects, mainly original pieces. I, I feel like um, I, I really. I want to keep um, supporting young composers and I've had my best luck with original characters and um, it's just something I love to do so much, standing at the piano with a composer and they've written a brand new song with you in mind and to just start learning notes and inflections and, and the melodies and the rhythm of the song and just, that's to me, that's like my most happy place.
1: Finally, tell me about the foundation that you started, the broader way foundation and the camp that goes along with it. Mm -hmm.
2: Yes. Thank you so much for asking about that. Um, I, I went to summer camp as a young girl for many years. I found it to be a great escape. Um, I found it to be a way of sort of rewriting my life, um, The sort of homogenized life I had growing up in a suburb, um, everybody was sort of the same, and I wanted young women to have that experience, too. And so I got together with my best friend from college, who's more of the business brain, and she helped galvanize this project. And now we started from 30 girls that came from mostly Harlem and the Lower East Side, and we brought them up to the Berkshire Mountains, and I brought up all of my Broadway theater friends to give them classes and to just, you know, inspire them in some way. And now we've grown to a four-year program and hundreds of girls, and we have a year-round program to help them get into college and to stay in touch with them through the year. And um, it's just something that I'm I'm really proud of because I've learned that it's not just, it's not one of these fancy arts camps where everyone's picking, you know, throwing their leg up to their head or stinging these crazy notes. It's a place where these young girls go literally to find their voice through the arts. They write a lot. They, they, we turn their poetry into lyrics for a song. They do modern dance, and then someone else comes up and does spoken word. And it's all of their own experiences, and they're the authors of their own lives, and they learn how theater can sort of be that platform for them.
1: Adina, thank you. This has been a delight. I've, I've so enjoyed getting to meet you and, and to sit Thank and talk you. with you.
2: Such an honor for me. I really appreciate it. I, I know it wasn't as good as Obama, but, <laughs> you know, I'm glad, I'm so glad to be here. I'm a huge fan.
1: Thank you. Adina Menzel has a full plate of upcoming projects. Among them, she stars with Adam Sandler in the appropriately named You Are So Not Invited to Buy Bat Mitzvah, which will be, be released on Netflix later this year. Thank you for watching. Catch us every Sunday night on CNN and keep streaming anytime you want right here on HBO Max to find out who's talking next. Now, streaming exclusively on Max, a new CNN Flash talk about the album that has Nashville talking Call Me Country, Beyonce and Nashville's Renaissance. Watch it at max.com/slash callmecountry. Max subscription required.